Hello, and welcome back to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. So today's episode is a solo episode and a little bit of an update. So first of all, let's start with the update. Now, I am going to be releasing three episodes per week. Yes, three episodes. I started with one, and then I had two, and now I have three. So it's going to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday is going to be an episode similar to this where it's me solo. It's me talking about a life experience I've had recently in the travel and digital nomad life, something I've experienced, something along those lines, something that's on my mind that I would like to have a conversation about and get other people thinking about as well. They're going to be pretty short and snappy episodes, nothing too long. Wednesday, Wednesday is the original day I had the podcast released on way back when, two years ago. Wednesday is going to be a guest expert, an interview. And if you listen to any of my past interviews, you'll know that all of my guests are in the work, wealth, or travel space, or all of those, meaning that they are travelers, they are nomads, they are online entrepreneurs, they are business owners in the online space, they build wealth, they've created a successful business for themselves, something surrounding work, wealth, and travel, hence the name of the podcast. And these are experts in various different industries across the board, and I share all of my learnings with you on this show. I have personally learned so much from speaking to these experts. And if you really take notes and implement it, it can be really life-changing in different areas of your life. So that is going to be Wednesday. And then Friday is with myself and my co-host Cammie. And that is our Digital Nomad Digest segment of the podcast. Every Friday, we are both digital nomads for many years And we have very different digital nomad living situations, set up lifestyle. She is very much so about alignment and in spirituality. And I am a lot more about the finances and the paper and pen numbers type person. So we really have different perspectives on a lot of the topics that we chat about, which I love because it gives the listeners, you guys, a very diverse outlook on the different ways and perceptions of being a digital nomad. So those are the days and what is going to be released on each day on this podcast. Please, please, please hit subscribe, follow on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to leave me a five-star review if you are on Apple, Spotify, wherever you are listening. I really, really do appreciate that. And that helps the podcast get discovered even more by new listeners. So if you can take 30 seconds, probably even less out of your day to do that, I would greatly appreciate it. So in today's episode, I've been thinking about this over the last few days. And this came from a conversation that I was having with a woman and a man who we met. I will go into a little bit more background than that um, in a second, but we met them just this past weekend, so not too long ago, and it was my partner's birthday. I booked him this really fun experience here in Buenos Aires in Argentina, and then afterwards, we went out to an Argentinian rock um, bar. I was going to say concert, but it's not really a concert. It's a bar. So we went out there after. He's from Mexico, so he has heard a lot about Argentinian rock. Apparently, it's very famous in Latin America. And I was like, okay, let's see what it's all about. It was really fun. It was a really nice bar. But we ended up meeting at the door, at the line to get in, we met this couple. And she was Colombian. He was Guatemalan. They both lived in Florida in the U.S., 
And she had lived in Florida when since she was seven. She moved there when she was seven. And they were an older couple. They were probably in their 60s. They had older kids, kids older than my partner and I. And I think they were maybe retired. Um, they must have been if they were traveling. Um, and I think they were there for one of their birthdays. So we ended up having a table with them, sitting and talking until like two in the morning. And we were talking about a lot of different topics. It's really interesting as a younger couple, my partner and I, who've been together for a few years and are planning our future to talk to a couple who had been together. I think they said they were together for 40 years, 40. Okay, they said 40 years and then 48 because they were, I guess, dating for eight years before they got married. So yeah, definitely a younger couple talking to a more experienced couple. So it was really interesting. And they're also from different cultures, living in a different culture. And it was a really interesting conversation we had on various different topics. But there was one topic in specific that I it really got me thinking. And so I wanted to make this episode. And that was having kids. At one point, we were sitting, talking, and she asked us, do you want to have kids? And you know, sometimes people ask us this, of course, that's a very normal question to get asked. And it was very interesting for me, my perspective from a nomad perspective. And I don't, most people, when we just meet them for a few hours and talk to them and likely we'll never see them again, they don't really understand what our lifestyle looks like. And unless even some younger people don't really understand what a digital nomad is, especially in these countries, it's not so prevalent in Latin America. If you're younger and you're from a Western country, I find, yes, you'll know what a digital nomad is. But even being younger from Paraguay, Argentina, you don't really, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people I have found, they don't really know what a nomad is or know that lifestyle. Whereas I feel like for us, it's so prevalent everywhere, online, on social media, in the Western world. So they were older Of course, they didn't really know what the digital nomad lifestyle was and what that really meant, but they asked us, you know, do you want to have kids? And I think for most people, they would probably expect the answer to be yes, you know, in a few years or at some point in the future. But for me, this is something I've really extensively thought about. And kids are not my favorite thing. I will say, (laughs) I think maybe if they're your kids, it's a little bit better, but kids are just not really where it's ever been at for me. So my response is always, and this is very true, accurate, is always, I don't know. It's not really something that I think I would enjoy, but, but there is a, but I do think it would be really fun and fulfilling for my partner and I to adopt. I never want to be pregnant. That's something I've never wanted. So I think adoption would be really amazing. And I also think just from a, I guess, I don't know what the right word is, but just from a a different perspective, there's so many kids out there in the world who don't have a loving family and a home. And for me to think about having kids when there's so many kids who are going without is really just kind of sad. So, and I think, you know, it's also kind of in a a different perspective about sustainability. Like, is it really sustainable on our planet to have more kids when there's so many kids who would love a loving family and a great life? So anyways, and you know, having lived in China, I would love to adopt a baby from anywhere in the world. It really doesn't matter. I don't know if it would be a baby, actually. I don't know if I want to go through the baby phase. 
Um, but, you know, to adopt maybe if a kid that's a few years old, I think might be the closest that we come to like having any type of kid. Of course, that's having a kid, but to that traditional route of parenthood in the future. And like one is really all I can think about right now. I don't know if it would be more than one. Um, but basically, you know, if we have kids, it would be adopted. And that's something that I've always said when I first met my partner, I told him that, and this kind of goes into the conversation today, but him coming from a Latin culture, being from Mexico, his immediate thought was, no, that is not going to work. We can't do that. It needs to be my blood. And since the two and a half years we've been together, his perspective has really changed on that to, I think, more of a a Western open-minded traveler perspective which I think there's nothing wrong with either perspective, but I think, you know, being open-minded to somebody doing what they want and what they feel aligned with is amazing. And not just because you're born in one culture and that's the way it's always been. And so that's how it has to be. So he's kind of come around on that a little bit, but when they asked us that question, that's the answer that I told them. And that's kind of what we've always said, you know, and I always start with, I don't even know if I want kids because just doesn't look like a fun time. It really just doesn't for me personally. Um, but I, I would love to have a kid and adopted and travel the world with them and world school them and get to world school them while world schooling myself and my partner. I have an amazing guest coming on the show. She's spoken on TEDx stages, who is one of the pioneers in the world schooling industry. And we dived into so much and just talking in that conversation, I was like, I need to be world school. They were going to the pyramids in Egypt and learning about the history there and the pharaohs. And oh my gosh, it's amazing. Such different education. I'm not going to say better, but different education. And you really control it rather than having the government and an educational system. Government is what it is. Controlling whatever that education and the history you learn through one country's lens. Anyways, I digress about that, but I would really love to have that in the future if we do end up choosing to have kids. So that's kind of what I told her, not about the world schooling, but really just kind of what we would want. And so it was really interesting, her response. And not the first time I've heard this response by any means. Her response was, it's, it's so interesting for me. I'm going to dive into this. But her response was, you know, right now, my mom, and this is her talking, she's probably 60 years old. She's like, my mom is aging. She's 90 something and I have to take care of her. So when you have kids, if you don't have kids, sorry, who's going to take care of you? And I thought about this all the next day because it was so interesting for me that the first thing, and of course it's prevalent for her, it's front of mind because she's going through it. And my mom is actually going through that as well with her mom back in Canada right now. So, you know, it is something I've thought about. It is something people have said to me, but it was very interesting for me to hear her when she hears that somebody from, from a Latin perspective and, and somewhat of an American perspective as well, that somebody doesn't want kids, that was the first thing she thought of. Who is going to be your caretaker when you get older? It wasn't the memories you're going to have. It wasn't if if it doesn't bring you joy, then don't have it. It was who is going to take care of you when you're older. So that was so interesting for me. Of course, like I said, you know, it's, it's front of mind for her. So it makes sense why she would say that. But 
for me, my response and my response always is why would I want to begrudgingly raise a kid for the kid to likely begrudgingly take care of me when I'm older? I, and I also don't want to have something in my life where it's not what I truly want, but in 30 years, it might be in handy and might be beneficial. Why do I want to spend the first 18 years, 25 years, 30 years, 40 years potentially of a kid's, my kid's life, not fully enjoying, not really being completely aligned if it's not something I truly 1000% wanted in the beginning, just for them to probably sense that and then begrudgingly have to take care of me in my old age. Or, you know, it's not always guaranteed that the kid is going to take care of you. I think that, and and so it really just put it into perspective for me, the differences of, I'm going to say here, and I think there's many ways you can slice this, but of the Latin mindset and the Western culture mindset. And of course, there are people in the Western world, in Canada, America, who come from Latin America, like her, for example, and who have a different mindset, but just kind of generally speaking to make it as black and white as possible between Western and Latin culture. And I experienced this in my relationship, like I previously mentioned, when I first started dating my partner and he, we met in China, he had a very traditional Latin mindset. And I, of course, was never raised like that. So it's never something that I thought of, you know, oh, I I need to have my own blood and a kid. Like that was never even a thought in my mind until I met him. So just kind of black and white saying the differences of the Western and the Latin culture. Um, just to kind of make it easier for those terms to be used here. But I did think that this was really, really interesting. And I think it's important to think about this because increasingly in a Western culture, our generation is really kind of the first generation, quite honestly, to have the luxury, I don't like using that word, but in lieu of a better word, to critically think about if you truly do want to have a child. And, you know, I'm going to be 30 this year. And I think people around my age in the same generation, we are very blessed to actually be able to think critically if we want a kid in our life or if we want to go childless. And those are two perfectly okay options. But in all previous generations, even in Western culture, of course, there's some outliers. But in most cases in Western culture, when I think back to my mom's generation, I don't think any of her friends did not have children. Maybe they wanted children and so they weren't able to, and that could be a different story. But actually, because they truly did not, I'm thinking maybe my mom has one friend. I don't know her full story behind it though. Um, if she wanted kids and it just wasn't a possibility for them. But I do know some people who are my parents' age who wanted kids and they don't have kids now because it wasn't a possibility. But what I'm really referring to here is wanting children and critically thinking about, I guess not wanting children, but not wanting children. Critically thinking about, do you not want children? It was just kind of normal in that time period. And that wasn't that long ago. You know, my mom had me in the 90s to just have kids. That's just what you did. You just got married and you just had the corporate job or whatever job. 
you just got the mortgage, bought the house, and then you just had kids. And that was kind of the way it went. And I think it's so amazing that we have the privilege to be able to really critically think, do I actually want kids? I have some friends in Canada who are choosing slash have chosen to not have kids and to make an investment in a different way in their life. And that comes into another point that I think is really critical in the Western culture is can you financially afford to have kids? And in the past generations, again, I think this mattered a lot less because kids was just something that you did. If you could afford it or not, you would find a way. And I think this is still very prevalent in Latin American culture. Whereas for us, and I'm thinking of some friends that I have too, you will choose to maybe own a home or own two homes or travel the world or have many vacations, luxury vacations per year. Or, you know, everyone has a different or for their life. But for some people, if kids are not truly something that you and your partner ever wanted, then that you might have a better return on your life, a better investment in your life, not having kids and spending that money elsewhere and doing a quick Google search. And of course, this very much so varies. But in the US, to raise a kid to the age of 18 years old, it will cost you around 300000 US dollars is what it said. I have a hard time believing that that is a true number. That number was actually from 2015. So let's factor inflation. And that was many years ago, eight years ago into the equation. And I'd say it's probably half a million dollars. If you're living in New York City, probably well over a million dollars. And if you're living in a small town, it might be less. But life kind of everywhere in, I know, Canada and America is quite expensive and definitely in many other countries around the world. Everywhere we've traveled, life has gotten more expensive, even here in Argentina. So I think that that is an important part of the equation as well. Is it something that you A, can afford, but is it something that you even want to afford? Why would you want to have one, two, three kids when it's not truly something that you are aligned with and you're going to raise those kids knowing in the back of your mind that you, that investment in them could have better been spent elsewhere for you personally. So I think that it's really amazing that we are able to think critically about it. But again, her saying this really made me think of the opposite perspective, which is the Latin American perspective on it. And speaking to my partner, who's from Mexico, from a very traditional Latin American culture, family, all of the things, And speaking to him over the last two years we've been together, it's been really interesting to hear some of the things that maybe he doesn't say or agree with, but his family does. And so I can see and I can understand that the perspective of having kids in Latin America, and I'm sure this will change in decades to come, and it may may not, it may, I don't know for sure, but right now... It's very much so you don't really have much of a choice. And I think that if you chose not to have kids, the family might, in some families, not all, but might view less of you potentially because in a culture, kids are such an important part of that culture is having kids and having somebody there for you and raising kids and doing all of the things. And for me, it was very interesting because this woman, of course, as I mentioned, had gone to the U.S. when she was seven years old and learned English and had lived there since she was seven, 
But because she was born in Colombia and her parents were Colombian and she probably had, although she was living in the States, a big prevalence of Colombian culture around her, she still had this very traditional mindset, not saying one is better or worse, but just objectively looking at the differences. I thought it was very interesting. And again, for me to really think about her mentioning having kids to take care of you, not for the joys and not for what they will bring into your life and not for even maybe it's better to not have kids if it's not truly something you want, but from the perspective of who will take care of you. And so that brings me to another point, which is the fact that retirement homes in Canada, in America, in Western culture are so much more prevalent than retirement homes in Latin America. And it's funny because when my partner and I started dating, I, you know, mentioned my mom's always said when I get older, just put me in a nice retirement home and I'll be happy. And I think I'll probably feel the same way. But I know in his family, retirement homes are not a thing. Not in his family, in in the country. It's definitely, I'm sure there are some, but it's not as prevalent because in the culture and in his family, it's very normal when your family gets older, you take care of them and they come to live with you. And I know it was similar in in China. And Latin America and China both have a very traditional family group mentality. And in Western culture, we have a very individualistic mentality. And this is just statistics. I think we all have heard this before. And it is very much so a very individualistic mentality of this is mine and that's yours, even in the way that we eat meals. When I went to China, they have the group, you know, you order a big plate or multiple big plates for the table. And then you have, I don't know the name, but you have like the spinny thing in the middle of the table. You put all the dishes there and then you just spin it around so that everyone at all points of the table has access to the food on this wheel in the middle of the table. Whereas for us in Western culture, we will just order our own meals and I have my meal and you have your meal and maybe we'll taste each other's, but that's about as crazy as it gets with sharing. So I think in many, of course, food is just one of them. In many different aspects of both cultures, you can see the different mindsets and clearly you can see how they influence very important topics such as family planning or lack thereof. So back to retirement homes. Now, retirement homes, I know even in my small town in Canada, there are many retirement homes. I want to say at least five or six. And it's very normal. You don't want to burden your family. You want them to be happy, go somewhere with good food, good socialization, be around other people their age when they're older and give them a good life when they are older. Whereas this is very much so not so much of a thing in other cultures. Not saying one is right or wrong, just saying, you know, that I think, not I think because I don't know what's going to happen, but in her situation of asking me, what are you going to do when you get older? For me, having kids, I don't need to have a kid to take care of me. That's a very traditional mindset. For me, when I get to the age where I can't do things or I want to slow down a little bit, I can go into a retirement home and I can live a good life there. But in order to do that, I need to work hard now because retirement homes are not cheap. And I'm sure in however many decades, they're not going to get much cheaper. (laughs) They're just going to keep getting more and more expensive. So 
it really emphasizes to me that I want to work hard now. I want to make good money now so that I'm able to afford a good life for myself when I am no longer working and I'm too old to travel the world full time. And I've never been one to rely on people too much. I don't want to burden a potential family if I do choose to have a child or kids. I don't want to burden them and make their whole life about me when they are in the somewhat prime of their life in their 30s, 40s, or 50s. So that's my perspective on it. And then one other thought I had about retirement homes was this is going to be a booming industry in the future. And as more and more people increasingly choose, couples increasingly choose to not have children by choice, I think there's going to be new businesses that arise and people are going to be making a lot of money. This is my entrepreneurial brain was thinking about the business opportunities of, of course, there's retirement homes, but what other ideas and opportunities are going to come from having an aging population with nobody else to take care of them? I'm sure there's going to be some very innovative ideas and different spins, different takes on retirement homes. And I thought that was really interesting. I don't think I'm going to start a business in that sector. It's not something I have any information on, but I do think it is an interesting business opportunity likely for the younger generation to profit off of the older generation and have different types, varieties, whatever that looks like of retirement homes. So these are all of my thoughts. These are all of the things that I was thinking running through my mind while I was having this discussion with her and the next day during my reflections on what her and I were saying. And I thought it was very interesting. I would love to hear your take. I think a nomad's take versus even just somebody in Western society who does have the mortgage and the car payment and the corporate job could potentially be very different takes. And that is why this podcast is geared more towards nomads. But if you are listening and you have a traditional life and you absolutely love it, I would love to maybe challenge some of those perspectives and beliefs for you and also hear your opinion on it as well. So feel free if you have any questions, comments, or you just want to chat and follow my nomadic adventures, definitely reach out to me at nomadneeks on Instagram, YouTube, I have a channel, and do not forget to subscribe and follow this podcast. All of my links are below, and I really appreciate you joining me on this week's episode of my solo work, wealth, and travel, and I will see you in the next episode.